0: Hello and welcome to A Practical Home, a podcast for home and hearth magic. I'm Mandy, and I'm glad you could join me this week. It has been a hot minute since we last chatted. I have taken off the last couple of weeks. I had a few holiday events that I had to prepare for and Work has been a little bit crazy, as has my home life, so I had to just kind of step away and focus on getting some of those last-minute yearly things done. Since the last episode, I have been reading through some pagan parenting blogs and a couple of books, and I feel better about the decision that I've made of incorporating my daughter into pagan celebrations around the home at this age. I actually had a few people reach out to me with some support and advice, and I really appreciated that. So that seems to be not weighing quite as heavy on my heart this week as it was previously. This is also baby month for my husband and I. We are having little one number two on the 30th. I feel a bit more calm this time around having my second than I did with my first I'm trying to relax as much as I can. That's something I definitely did not do with kiddo, number one. And it's really the only piece of advice I feel like I can give anyone who is having a baby is to actually rest and take care of yourself and not worry about obsessive nesting and cleaning like I did. The day before I had our first child, I was under the dining table scrubbing the... The the dining table had its own little base and I was scrubbing it and cleaning it up when there was really no need for me to be doing that. And I did have some kind of last-minute complications uh, with my daughter, and sometimes I think that I brought it upon myself because I didn't allow myself to relax and rest. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to do more of that this time around. Resting has not always been easy. I've been having a lot of insomnia lately, but it's been giving me opportunities to get caught up on my favorite podcasts, books. I've even been journaling a bit. I've discovered that there are so many great witchy podcasts out there that I was not aware of until recently. It's been really hard to stay current with all of them. I think I've mentioned before that we have a culture of isopods that we're raising. We have dairy cows and they're doing fantastic. They actually just had babies. So we've got a ton more that we're taking care of now that's been really, really interesting to watch. We also had a stowaway slug and now they're cohabitating together. Since everyone's doing really well, I think it's time for me to start setting up a larger terrarium. It would definitely benefit them and some of my tropical house plants. I just don't know where I would put it. I'm, I'm starting to run out of room. This is the problem with small homes and lots of plants. I'm recording this during the new moon cycle at the beginning of December and I'm loving the energy that it brings. I always enjoy the start of the moon cycle. I finally feel motivated to finish a couple of projects, even to work on this podcast. I've I've been kind of weary lately and my energy levels have been pretty low, and so it's it's been hard for me to focus and have this conversation recorded and Um, But I'm I'm starting to to, to feel back to myself again. All I really want to do is nap most days, but occasionally, especially in the evenings, I can really knock out a few solid projects. Lastly, I just wanted to give a little plug for the shop Bridget's Grove out of Rolla, Missouri. I'll add their shop in the show notes. They have an Etsy page. And they specialize in really lovely and whimsical goddess art, different representations, little, like um, little figures. Often their pieces represent a specific deity, and they have multiple pantheons that they cater to in their, their um, store stock. I have a Hestia and a Persephone representation um, through them on my altar space currently. I think they would also be great for um, more... Um, subtle altars. If you have something that you aren't really wanting to share with people that you are living with, or if you have set up a traveling altar, they're small enough. I think they'd be great in there too. They also have goddess devotional and prayer books that I wasn't aware of until recently. And I snagged one of their prayer books. And it reminds me of a memory book or an art journal. It just seems like it's meant to be, I guess, scrapbooked in. And I think a lot of people do that. I've seen that on Instagram. And um, just a really interesting take at a, a, a prayer book for a goddess. As I've been pulling out my fall decor off of my altar in preparation for setting up all of my Yule items, I have just been kind of leaving it plain right now, the altar space, and I just have some of my representations on there. And I've just felt grateful for that goddess art inspiration that I have and all the joy it's brought me. So I really wanted to shout out that shop and maybe they'll have something for you that you've been looking for. I don't know about you, but my stack of to be read books is so incredibly long. I currently have, over 100 books on there. I think 101 or 102. And my list just keeps growing and growing. I just keep finding more things that I want to read. For every one book that I accomplish, I, th- I think I add probably 10 or 15 more. It's, it's a problem. I'll never have enough years of my life to finish this list, I feel like. But I try to set a goal for myself to read more books, more than I did the year prior. And with busy lives. It's it's sometimes difficult for me to read um, because I have just a couple of hours in the evening after my daughter goes down for sleep. That's really my only time to stop and focus on, on things like that. But since probably mid-year, I have been able to knock out a number of books that I've had sitting around on my wish list or some that I've even purchased and hadn't got to and I ended up really loving a lot of them and they became some of my favorite books that I've read um, in 2021. I've also been seeing a lot of people sharing their end of year lists, their wrap-up, whether it be like uh, podcasts that they listen to most of the year, music they listen to most of the year. I know Spotify uh, has a really great kind of year-end breakdown that you can get and It just kind of inspired me to want to share my favorite books of 2021 that I read. A lot of them are newer books. Um, I guess one is a couple of years old, but I just wanted to discuss those. They're all related in some aspect to home and hearth magic. And I think they're fantastic for anyone who is on a more home or domestic focused magical path or really just anyone who has any interest in hearing about magic from different perspectives. The first book I wanted to share was Natural Magic by Lindsay Squire. I finished this book a couple of weeks ago and it was recommended everywhere. It caught my eye very quickly. The illustrations are beautiful. It definitely has an Instagram worthy book cover, which I love books that have beautiful covers. Even though it's a quick read, it's a great stepping stone for any beginner witch or any experienced witch. The topics range from tools, books, spellcrafting items, sabbats, moon cycles and everything in between. I especially enjoyed the focus on subtle magic that was included. This is a very important topic and not all witches have the luxury of sharing this part of themselves with the world. It was a great read. And I'm really looking forward to the follow-up book, Earth Magic. Fairly confident that it's available for pre-order still. And I think it's supposed to be released in March of 2022. One that I will definitely be picking up. The next book is House Magic by Erica Feldman. I may have talked about this a while back. I can't remember if I mentioned it in the podcast or just on my blog. But this takes magic from a perspective of kind of more of a balancing and decorating perspective in the home. I really love the breakdown of setting the energy for each living space and the different tips for promoting balance, raising the vibrations in areas that get the most traction, things like that. The design tips are less about creating altar spaces, which is often what you see when design is involved, And I feel like it's more about how to use your entire home as a magical space, making it cozy, warm, inviting, also grounding and calming for you. Some of the components are very reminiscent of feng shui, which I'm not terribly familiar with, but I would like to learn more about. All in all, it was kind of a refreshing read because it was very different from any other book that I had read that involves domestic magic. And so I definitely recommend it to anybody who's interested in going through their home and setting those spaces up for specific purposes. The next book on my list is The Witchy Homestead by Nikki Vandekar. It's a great book regarding sustainable witchcraft, which I thought was a really new and interesting perspective. It had a lot of helpful tips for beginner and experienced witches alike. The book also brings to light a lot of topics that get buried under aesthetic, such as connecting to an organic garden, setting up an outdoor altar space free of charge, those kinds of things. The material covers a lot of DIYs to try for infusing magic into your skincare, your hair care routine, even adding to your medicine cabinet. Topics also cover bringing nature outside in with houseplants and ways to care for your home with added magic, which I really liked that. And this is the first book by Native, uh, Nikki Vandekar that I read, but I actually now have several other reads on my wish list for the future, so I'm anxious to check those out. On my list, I also have Plant Witchery by Julia Diaz. I actually just finished this book, if not yesterday, it was the day before, so just a couple of days ago, and I was already planning to have it on my list, even if I hadn't finished it, because I enjoyed, I enjoyed so much of the book right from the beginning. I completely fell in love with it. It's an excellent book for connecting to plants and nature on your property. I really wasn't sure how the book was going to read, because I haven't read Juliet Diaz's other book, Witchery, which came out not too terribly long ago. And I know a lot of people have that on their their list for most loved witchcraft books. Plant Witchery really brings witchcraft back to its heart, to its core of connecting with nature. It has a recommended exercise in it for choosing a plant every month, naming it, conversing with it, studying it, and tending to it to really form a bond by the end of the month with that plant. And I thought that was just such a great idea. I really loved it. I have incorporated it into my practice with a new plant that I got. And it's just a very relaxing and grounding and informative practice. I really like it. I am very excited for Juliet Diaz's next book that's coming out next year regarding altars. But I do have, I have picked up Witchery um, the first book that Julia Diaz released. So I am planning to actually start that sometime in December, and I can't wait to get through it. I've read the introduction, and I am very excited for what it holds. The last book I have on my list is The Scent of Lemon and Rosemary by Rachel Henderson. I loved this book so much. It explores domestic care as an offering or a way to connect to Hestia, who's the Greek goddess of the hearth and the Senate. As a devotee of Hestia, this book is very special to me. Out of the Greek gods, Hestia is often very overlooked. There are few myths about her, even fewer books regarding devotion to her. Similar to House Magic, The Scent of Lemon and Rosemary explores different aspects of key places in the home and how to bring balance to those through magic. Throughout the story, the author also connects their shared uh, personal experience uh, with Hestia and their, I guess not shared, their personal experience with Hestia, watching over them and um, how they were able to connect to Hestia even during periods where their personal life was kind of rocky and their devotional time was very sparse. For those interested in, in deities, Everyone has their own experience, and it was really refreshing to hear such a positive outlook on Hestia from another devotee. So I highly recommend this for anyone interested in Hestia or anyone interested in the power of domestic magic. All of these books I will link in the show notes, and I should have a blog post up later on this week with some more information on those books. So if you're interested, you can check out either one of those. It's that time of year again. I've had to finally admit that fall is leaving us. It's on its way out. I can't keep up my fall decor any longer. I have to accept that Yule is on its way. I do really enjoy the winter season as a... Uh, a refresh for my magical practices and, and a time to um, kind of recover from the year. I really enjoy that aspect of, of winter and how I feel it when it's, um, when it's in season. I also enjoy celebrating Yule. It's just always really hard for me to let go of Maybon and Samhain. I enjoy them so much. Nonetheless, the tree is up. I've started bringing in the Yule decorations and kind of shuffling around some of the items in my home to make way for that holiday season. And I realized that I had a lot of decor that I think I have either lost during the previous couple of moves that we had, or I sold because we didn't have any room for storage. So I was Kind of taking inventory of all of my Yule decorations and felt like I was lacking for what I wanted to see in my home. And I want to take this opportunity, instead of buying items, but to make as many DIY Yule crafts as I can for decor this year. If you're in a similar boat and you're looking to make some of your Yule crafts, I wanted to share the list of DIY projects that I have and Um, how I I think I'm going to tackle them this year. Fruit garland is the first item I'm going to be making. Fruit garland during Yule is quite popular amongst witches and pagans alike. It's very reminiscent of a witch's ladder, but I've actually not found any direct link to a witch's ladder and a, a fruit garland, but they kind of give me the same vibes. It's been a few years since I've done this, but this year I'm dehydrating oranges for Garland. And I don't have a dehydrator anymore, but I do have my oven. You just put it in there on a low setting for a couple of hours and your oranges will come out really beautiful. Oranges are such a burst of energy in the home, plus they smell fantastic. And this year I'm gonna be pairing them up with some cinnamon sticks for the added love energy and ribbon and that will hang over the threshold that separates my kitchen and my living room. I also plan to glue a few of those bunches together with some pine branches, and then add them to some of the brooms that I have in my home, making them less plain and more holiday-centric. I also plan to make a few witch balls or Yule balls. Witch balls were popularized in the 17th and 18th centuries but they're thought to have much older histories. Essentially, if you've never looked into them, a witch ball, sometimes called a Yule ball, can be put together kind of like a spell jar or a charm bag. It's a compact spell within a tree ornament or bauble. A lot of craft stores sell clear, fillable baubles, and you can add herbs, dried fruit, charms, petitions, all sorts of things to them. They're great for having in your home for regular protection throughout the year, but they've become really popular during the holiday seasons for either protection spells, maybe peace or communication spells if you're having difficulties uh, with your family during the season. I've also seen a lot of witches adding at least one to a Yule tree each year and referring to it specifically as a Yule ball while keeping the same meaning of the traditional witch's ball. I have a witch ball in my home that I was gifted by a close friend of mine, and I plan to repay the favor this year and make a couple of them for uh, friends and family. It's been a while since I have made my own dough ornaments, but this year I decided I'm going to make a couple cinnamon dough ornaments and have uh, a representation for each member of my family, pets included, and hang those on the tree. A couple of years ago I was really into making salt dough ornaments every year for my dogs (laughs) and I would have little paw prints and then carve the year on there and and hang those on the tree, but I got out of that habit and I I want to pick that up again for um, my kiddos and, and my dogs. And it's a really nice memory to have on display, but it's also an incredibly easy way to work your intentions into the dough and create a really powerful, magical tool that you have in your main living space. Not to mention, it's a great way to get your family involved in a Yule tradition. This year, I'm just going to be making the simple Pillsbury recipe, and I will put that in the show notes if you're interested in making them as well. But that's a tried and true recipe method that I really like. A few years ago, I started making my own pine tree seen snow globes, I guess you could say, using mason jars. I had previously made them in a style of a calming jar for relaxation with lots of glitter and fake snow. This year I think I need to make a few new ones. Some of my other ones are um, kind of falling apart, so I'm going to focus on adding spell ingredients to the jar in form of dried fruit and herbs and essentially make a spell jar for my family that's also a part of our Yule decor. I'm considering making one for other family members and giving them out as Yule gifts to encourage health and abundance into their homes, but I haven't quite decided how I wanna go about that yet. I also need to spruce up our Yule log that we made last year and get it ready for the season. So last year I decided to make a Yule log, a reusable kind, out of a huge branch that fell out of my mother's tree. My husband cut it down to an appropriate size for our dining table and he drilled holes on the top using a spade drill bit so that we could put a, um, a candle inside of them. We burned candles every night in the log as we didn't have a place to burn the whole log and we burned it during the entire Yule season. This year, I think we might add the log to our fire pit at the end of the season uh, as a way of of, uh, um, closing out the Yule season. I also think Yule is a great time for crafting warm drinks, just that little element of coziness into the home. I love making hot chocolate. I love DIY hot chocolate, just as much as a hot mug of Swiss Miss. I will not turn it away. I follow a typical DIY hot chocolate recipe when I'm making it at home, just heating unsweetened cocoa powder, milk, granulated sugar, and vanilla on the stovetop. I do prefer to add in broken dark chocolate bars over semi-sweet chips, but really either of them work. I also add in a few pieces of candy canes or chocolate mint bar for that extra peppermint flavor. This year for Yule, I can think of nothing more relaxing than a warm mug of hot chocolate while I have the Birch Fireplace video from Netflix playing. <laughs> that is my ideal relaxing Yule moment that I can't wait to have. Wassel is another great tide beverage. I won't give it away because I think you should pick up the book and check it out, but Natural Magic that I mentioned earlier Actually, has a great simple recipe for Wassel that I'm really anxious to try this year. Mold cider is another yummy option for the season, but I'm actually not very familiar with recipes. I've never made mold cider, and so I don't wanna I don't want to recommend anything in case I recommend something bad. But I would say check out mold cider if that's something that you're interested in. I know that it's it's a, a favorite of a few friends of mine and family members and great with uh, the holiday season. That's all that I have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening and joining me. I really appreciate it. I would love to see any DIY Yule projects that you're working on. I get so much inspiration from things that I see from other people. And even though my TBR list is well over hundred, that does not mean I want you to stop recommending books to me. <laughs> I will let that list grow. So if you have anything, feel free to reach out and let me know what I should be reading. As always, you can connect with me at any time on Instagram at a practical home podcast. Also on Twitter at a practical home. I'm there less, but still present. And anytime you can send me an email at a practical home podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, bye bye.